sometimes in order to blow up, you need to niche down. Let's go. Welcome to the Russell Westcott podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Hey gang, how's it going? Russell Westcott here. So welcome back to the podcast. It must be must be Tuesday if you're listening to this. If, you, if you're listening on the day that it dropped, um, it's just right after the Victoria, the May 2-4 weekend, the Victoria Day long weekend. So hope everybody had yourself a wonderful um, long weekend. And, you know, it's kind of the kickoff to summer, if you will. I remember I was just having a conversation with one of my... Um, coaching clients. And I remember it was like yesterday was, um, every May long weekend, you know, no matter what, no matter how much ice was still on long Lake in Saskatchewan, dad had the truck camper backed up and was going out there because we were going camping, no matter how cold it was or how much ice was still on the water, we were heading out camping. It's kind of that start of uh, spring and start of summer. It was just kind of that, um, you know, for for us Canadians, it's it's kind of that rite of passage that we're just about to go into uh, into our summer season here as well. Okay, gang, I'm going to keep today's uh, intro and context really really tight. Got uh, lots of things I'm going to share with you. Maybe I'll share them at the end of this episode. But this episode's a deep one. Um, myself and I had a chance to um, quick quick backstory on this. Um, so I was just kind of you know, so. Um, you know, surfing the old social airwaves a couple of weeks ago, and I came across a post from somebody who I hadn't heard from a while, and I was going, "Oh, geez, what's what, you know, what's Aaron up to?" And I got deep diving deeper into, and he was looking, he was doing a capital raise on one of his projects, and he's doing. I was diving a little deeper into going. And was, my comment was, "Holy crap, he's he's just crushing it. He's got lots of stuff on the go. I need to book a conversation with Aaron." So sent him off a Facebook uh, message, and you know we booked the time, and you know it was great to catch up. It's it's almost like a, um, a lot of the messages I'm sending with people is, yeah, let's catch up. And they're going, yeah, let's catch up on a phone or a Zoom call. And I go, no, let's let's record a podcast episode. <laughs> so I have lots of cool episodes that are upcoming here for everybody. You know, I've, I'm circling back with a guest that I had on probably a little over a year ago now. I think it was a year ago, or was it two? Honestly, goodness, the time just has been going like so fast lately. But Jamie Gruber and I are have circled back to do a recording. Jamie was the fellow who um, who put in his resignation for you know the couple hundred thousand dollar year job and went full time into the business. And I wanted to do a follow up conversation with him, see how things are going. Have this wonderful conversation also um, recorded already with a investor in the Okanagan Valley in the Okanagan area of um, British Columbia. Wonderful conversation. I also have a conversation with, you know, I'm, I'm hesitant about releasing this one. It, it's honestly, it's like, it's my secret weapon. I, I, he's, you know, he's a go-to trusted resource that I'm, I'm almost like, geez, I wonder if I, if I should release this and, and, and share this. It's, you know, I think I use the analogy as it almost sounded too good to be true. And when we were going over this and talking about it and the old analogy of the old, um, Ikea commercial, if you remember that Ikea commercial where they got such a good, an amazing deal and such an amazing opportunity. It's like, start the car, start the car. So I'm going to be introducing you to a, a secret weapon here in a little bit. And I honestly, when I was going through it and we were talking about it, I was like, Honestly, this almost sounds too good to be true. Like, like seriously, and I'm not blowing any hype and hyperbole here. Everybody is. Um, when you hear that episode, you will 
you know, it almost is too good to be true. But anyways, all that is upcoming. In this episode, I have a great chance of catching up with Aaron Belmore. And Aaron and I go deep into his business. He he really, in my opening tease, I talked about sometimes in order to blow up, you have to niche down. That's actually a business strategy and a business tactic is sometimes in order to grow and scale, you have to niche down into a smaller segment. Aaron is a perfect example of that. He focuses exclusively in one market and he does one type of strategy, furnished rentals, and he does it phenomenally well um, in all accounts. And I was actually just quite blown away when, when we were talking about his portfolio and I did not realize of how large he has gotten it so far. And it's honestly, it's just the tip of the iceberg for him. He has now grown his furnished rental business into over 300 units. I think it was 350, 340 some units. And right now, the thing that really tweaked me to want to have this conversation that tweaked my interest was they're building a 101 unit furnished rental apartment building. And here's the kicker to all of this. Two kickers, actually. Number one is it's in a in a market that some people might not think is a traditional market. It's in Grand Prairie, Alberta, northern Alberta. I thought it wouldn't be large enough to host, you know, upwards of four or five hundred furnished rentals. And Aaron's doing it in that market. And he shares extremely detailed his analysis on why he's picked that market. And the other thing is... Um, he does it for remotely. He completely does it and he doesn't even live in Grand Prairie. He lives on Vancouver Island up in the Nanaimo area. Not Nanaimo. He lives north of Nanaimo. He lives in the Comox, the Comox-Courtney area. So he does all of this remotely, 350 plus furnished rentals. I think, and he said, was it, if my memory serves me correct, a team of six. And he's also building another 101 unit portfolio. So we dive deep into um, all about his furnished rental business. We dive deep into the 101 unit um, property apartment building that he's purchasing, um, the numbers, the capital raise, what he's doing for all that. And we talk an awful lot about the Grand Prairie market too. Like, And here's the key thing is when, when we get to that section about when Aaron just goes on about what's going on in Grand Prairie, do you know your market as well as Aaron just off the top of his head just rattled off uh, stat after stat and reason why and reason why and reason why he truly knows that market like the back of his hand. So the question I have for you is do you know your market like the back of your hand? And if you were ever on a podcast episode and somebody asked you, so tell me about your market, would you be able to just go to town, pardon the pun, on why you need to invest in that marketplace? Okay, gang, lots to cover, lots of information, and we go really deep into this long-form episode and talking about niching down to blowing up your business. All right, with all that being said, please help me welcome Mr. Aaron Belmore. Aaron Belmore, how are you today, my friend? Welcome to the show. How are things? Hey, things are going really good, Russell. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, you're looking sharp, my brother. You're looking nice and looks like the 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 sun is starting to come out. Are, are we are we finally into shorts weather now out here on the coast? Yeah, yeah, we've had a couple of good uh, sunny weeks, uh, which is nice. A lot better than last year. Uh, got an early start. Uh, I think the snow is still melting off the mountain, but me and my boys are uh, getting pretty close to to jumping in the river here soon. I think. 
Nice, nice. So, so first and foremost, before we dive into the really deep end of the river, uh, pardon the pun, if you will. Oh, hang on. Sorry. I actually have a, uh, hang on a sec here. Oh, sorry. That's a, uh, that's my bad joke. Right. So anyways. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. We got to get those that, out of the that's way. A, that's as good as it'll get. But 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 before we dive into it here, where are you living? Where do you live, my friend? I live in Comox, uh, in the Comox Valley on Vancouver Island. Now, for, for people that aren't familiar with Vancouver Island, Comox is whereabouts? It's about an hour north of Nanaimo, which Nanaimo is in the middle there. You usually take the ferry over. And uh, yeah, so it's uh, not, not as far north as you'd want to go, but uh, it's getting close, I guess. And yeah. Kind of makes up of uh, three little towns, Courtney, Comox, and Cumberland, uh, called the Comox Valley. Yep. And yeah, we've got uh, Mount Washington's our ski resort. We've got an airbase here. There's a little college, and uh, yeah, it's uh, around seventy thousand people altogether. But yeah, hidden gem just north of Nanaimo. Nice, nice. So beautiful Vancouver Island where you're at. And 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 one of the things is so first of all, it's it's interesting. I've been sitting here and having a lot of these conversations with with people it's it's funny i haven't uh, you know people haven't caught up with for many many years and it's just like i want to catch up with aaron because i saw this post that you put out on facebook and we're going to talk more about this in a bit and i go wow he's just crushing it he's doing some pretty cool projects and i want to catch up with aaron and, and, and it's funny how in today's day and age is like our catch-up conversations are, let's have a podcast episode so we can catch up and let's record our conversations so we can share it with others, if you will, it's like that. So, so first of all, thank you for making the time, Aaron, my friend. Yeah, no, you're more than welcome. And yeah, thanks for reaching out. Uh, yeah. It's uh, kind of neat, I guess, how we've met and uh, yeah, how we've kind of spread our wings over the years and uh, yeah, great, great to be circling back and uh reconnecting here. Yep. Now, first and foremost, the most important question I'm going to ask you is uh, with the name of Aaron, has has anybody ever called you A.A. Ron? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yeah. and you're familiar I, with the, the skit, the substitute teacher, A.A. Ron? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be nice. And Jake, be nice. Jake yeah. <laughs> be lucky. <right>? So, <laughs> anyways, yeah. I, I, I thought I would give you a really tough question to start off with there first. My friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Important stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Too. <laughs> right on. All right. So, Aaron, um, so you're you're northern... Vancouver Island and you're investing do you invest in northern Vancouver Island or do you invest elsewhere no no I uh I'm mostly invested in Grand Prairie Alberta so northern Alberta which is uh yeah yeah we used to live up there uh I, I grew up on the island here but uh there wasn't a whole lot of work uh down here out of high school so uh, a lot of us went up north uh, to Alberta where there was uh better jobs better paying jobs and, and more of them and so, yeah, I lived out there for quite a while, and uh, I've moved back uh, to Vancouver Island about seven years ago, but I do still uh, own and operate uh, a handful of rentals in Grand Prairie and have a little office uh, with uh, a team that helps me do that from a distance. Nice. Well, that, that's what we're going to dive into a little bit more. But before we, before we do, um, I remember... And, and I'm trying to remember way back in the day when we first met, what, what, uh, what, what was kind of the, what's your backstory about how real estate kind of came into your life? And what, what can you share with people here of kind of some context of doing this? Cause you've been doing this for, for a better part of 13 years. Have you not? I've been incorporated uh, and helping, you know, investors working with joint venture partners uh, for the better part of 13 years, but I've been investing since 2006. So uh, pushing 17 years. 
And I started out uh, kind of just focusing as, you know, a retirement plan. I had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad and a couple of other books and really got motivated, you know, thinking, okay, this real estate thing, you know, although it's, you know, slow and steady, it's, it's you know, not a get rich quick thing. I figured it was kind of the most certain way for me to ensure a, a fruitful retirement and a little bit earlier, uh, you know, by creating that passive income and uh, just simply uh, paying down the debt, you know, and using using some of the benefits and stuff that real estate had to offer. So I started out uh, kind of on my own doing a couple, uh, had a couple rentals. Uh, and then before we had our first child, we figured we better buy a place for ourselves and, and have a family home. So my story kind of uh, started out like that. You know, I had the, the three properties and I was still going to work uh, in the cold there, uh, 12 12 hour days, seven days a week. And one day I was driving and I kind of realized, oh, wow, if I just keep these three properties and I don't do anything else, you know, I'll have a decent nest egg and some cash flow once those mortgages are all paid off uh, to be able to retire, you know, at, 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 a, at a decent, uh, you know, a decent time. And yeah, then once our, our child was born, uh, I thought, okay, well, I don't really want to be, you know, waiting uh, 25 years to to retire anymore. I want to be home a little bit more. So uh, I decided to try and make this, you know, full time. And uh, that's when I, yeah, started to to work with other people and things. And really interesting, like how I I ended up uh, in Rain, uh, and that's where I took a lot of really awesome courses. And uh, and I met yourself uh, in Edmonton. We would drive. Uh, Four and a half hours, you know, uh, each way to to those meetings, uh, and it was it was really great. Um, but yeah, the the person that introduced me to them, they've actually passed now. And uh, but I met this gentleman uh, who was also a Rain member, and he came and he rented one of my furnished rooms in Grand Prairie, which I thought was really interesting. And I asked him, and we got talking, and he he owned about three hundred rentals at the time, and I was kind of like, what <laughs> what what are you doing renting this room from me? Oh well, you know we liked your ad and we like supporting real estate investors and just such a humble gentleman. Yep. And then him and his wife invited me to uh, to stay at their place in Edmonton and introduced me to the Rain, you know, which opened up the door to yeah, just networking with more real estate investors and you know the opportunity to take more courses and um, yeah, just really you know sharpen the axe in regards to you know what my focus was and you know how I was going to achieve these goals and. And how I was going to help other people do it too. So yeah, I just been uh, kind of plugging away uh, ever since uh, then. I think it was yeah, I started in 2006, and then uh, yeah, it was 2010. I got serious, and I think it must have been 2012. I think is when I joined Rain, and you know, started you know getting connected with other uh, real estate clubs in Canada, and uh, yeah, making it uh, truly a full time business. So. Uh, who was who was that person that uh, that uh, you met that introduced you to Rain at the time? It was Mr. Denzel Lobo. Denzel, yeah. oh right, oh my goodness, yeah, I yeah. haven't heard from about Denzel for a long time. <laughs> Denzel, yeah, Patricia and Denzel, yeah, absolutely, yeah, two of the nicest yeah, so. people you would have ever met, and I, I, I honestly forgot that Denzel had passed. Yeah, no, they're really inspiring and uh, such a such an awesome couple. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, yeah, you know, his whole team, uh, really, really good group of guys um, there. But yeah, unfortunately, yeah, he uh, had uh, some health issues that, uh, you know, he had he had actually, you know, conquered quite a few of them. And I don't know if you remember, uh, 
his uh, his company name was actually Attitude is Everything, and so yeah, he managed to to stay positive and you know win a, win a few struggles there. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it's time to go, I guess. And uh, that was I think what was that three years ago now that he passed. But yeah, yeah, we became really good friends after that first night. It was about. 11.30, I think, when he rolled into town and I was already working on another project. I was like, well, I don't usually meet people this late, you know, but uh, sure, you know, why not? I'm already up. Yep. And then we were chatting for an hour outside of that rental and I checked him in. He stayed there a couple of times and he, uh, yeah, yeah, I ended up buying an apartment building off uh, him and his group there before he passed and uh, um, yeah, just just really stayed connected and uh it was a really good friendship all around. Oh, nice. Well, well appreciate you sharing that story. It's funny. I hadn't um, I hadn't thought of Denzel for a while, but I appreciate you bring, bringing him up. He was a he was a an, he was an amazing man. Um, so your story is is fairly typical to like most people. Uh, you know, I, it's funny. I think it was like maybe the last three or four people that I was talking to. It, it's like, um, you know, red rich dad, poor dad was kind of, you know, bouncing around a little bit. And all of a sudden babies started coming and babies started getting born. And then all of a sudden it's like, holy, 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 <laughs> I better start getting my, you know, I better start getting my <laughs> together. Right. <laughs> so, well, so for you, was it kind of an inspiration moment or a desperation moment or kind of a combination of the two? Yeah. Combo for sure. Uh, I I kind of spoiled myself in the beginning. I had saved up a bit of money and I had planned to stay home and help uh, my wife, uh, you know, for a little bit. So I took a, a month off and then I ended up uh, signing up for trade school, which was my third year uh, for pipe fitting. So that's a two month stint. So I kind of, you know, I did that and I was home every night, um, you know, and then uh, I took one more month off after that. So I had a, you know, we, we ended up starting a, a little retail business uh, in Grand Prairie at the time. So we had this little tea shop. And uh, so I had four months off and I was, you know, there, you know, spending all this time, you know, being a dad and enjoying it. And, and then I went back to work. And so it was, you know, 12 hour days again. So I was missing out, you know, he was sleeping in the morning and then he was sleeping at night, you know, when I got home. So I never got to see him. And I, I had been so used to being around that in that first four months. Uh, I just kind of felt like, you know, if I keep doing this, I'm probably going to look back and regret it. So I, um, I think I worked about three, three and a half months, you know, they kept, I gave them notice, but you know, they wanted me to finish the job, you know, this job never finished. And so it's kind of, okay, I got to get going here. So yeah, I pulled the pin and, uh, yeah, managed to bridge the gap, I guess, you know, with uh, this this tea shop we had, these uh, two rental properties that we had, uh, you know, they they almost, you know, broke even. The tea shop, you know, had cash flow, wasn't necessarily positive, but uh, I was able to be there. And so I had all this time and then, uh, you know, I, I managed to take some courses and then uh, figure out, you know, how I could do some creative financing, joint venture stuff, and just uh, continue to, you know, grow my portfolio and, you know, come together with people. Obviously, you know, I had all this time and, uh, and knowledge and uh, uh, commitment, basically. And uh, they had, you know, some, uh, you know, some cases it was the capital, in some cases it was the uh, mortgage financing. And so, yeah, I managed to kind of grow uh, and, uh and it was to be able to stay home and and, and work uh, from this tea shop for a little bit. My wife was in school, and then after she finished school, she kind of came in there and ran the show. And then I uh, I just went and continued growing uh, Fresh Coast Investments, and yeah, got a little office in Grand Prairie, which I still have today. And uh, yeah, just 
Yeah, I guess the rest is history. Uh, well, uh, d- sorry, don't don't uh, don't diminish the, the the between the gaps here. Okay, so let me let me back up a little bit. So, when did you open the tea shop up again? Tea shop was two thousand nine, okay. incorporated, and then Fresh Coast was two thousand and ten, two thousand ten. So a little for, bit of overlap. So Fresh Coast is your investment company, which we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that here in a second. So there's just as an FYI, brother. Um, you know, I pulled up your website. You got you got some you got a sharp looking website. Um, at freshcoastinvestments.ca. You got some really cool stuff here. You got like the video ask player down here in the down here in the corner, right? So you got some you got some good good stuff going on there, brother, right? So hang on here. I was yeah. going to do a little Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so uh let me back here. Okay. So so 2010, was that so would that be kind of your what you would consider your foray into full-time real estate investment in 2010? Is that kind of the the timeline? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was following the, I guess the rich dad, poor dad book there, you know, about passive income and, you know, getting enough passive income to cover your monthly expenses. And, you know, so there was uh, a little bit of cash flow from the rentals. There was a little bit from this tea shop and it was a bit of a stretch for sure, but you know, that was kind of the goal. So I, I did, yeah, quit, quit my, uh, my pipe fitting job right then and there. And, uh, I uh, went full time on the real estate investing, you know, with uh, a, a new baby. And <laughs> wow, well, um, you you literally burned the boats at that time in many respects. And <laughs> yeah. so that okay, twenty ten full time into the into the real estate space. And and to be honest, twenty ten in Grand Prairie was probably not a great time to be going into full time into the real estate business. You're like two years into a post economic collapse and two years into an orange crush. Sorry if I'm getting political here for a second or, or right around that time. So then you started uh, going full-time in the business and were you continually buying up in Grand Prairie that time? It was slow back then for sure, uh, you know, compared to, you know, what it can be and, uh, you know, what it probably will be again. And it just, uh, the the prices, you know, were reasonable still and uh, wages are decent up there. So even in the slower times, uh, just because Grand Prairie is a bit of a hub center, you know, it gets a lot of traffic uh, coming through there and uh, businesses and uh, yeah, you know, just in general, they were easy to cash flow. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I managed to do that. But when you do quit your job, you kind of become a nobody at the bank. So I kind of got the cold shoulder for, uh, you know, financing any more of my own things. And that's where I really had to step in and network and talk to people and just, you know, show them that, you know, what I had to offer and, and see if, you know, they wanted to, uh, you know, fill in the gaps, you know, and we, yep. we could buy properties together. So yep. I, uh, I, I definitely had to put those creative strategies, those, those fine, those courses that I took, you know, and, uh, uh into use at that point, uh, to continue growing. So, hmm. okay. Well, that's we're, how we managed we're to do def- so. We're definitely going to dive into that. So just as an FYI, everybody, we're talking with Aaron Belmore here, and he's just bringing the fire here, you know, obviously. And then when the fire happens, bombs start dropping. Woo-wee! <laughs> I always like to have some fun here. So, yeah. so um, okay. no excuses. I hear you. So you're, you've... Um, you started investing. Okay, so it's 2010. You're going full time. When when did you move to Comox? Uh, 2016. 2016. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was another. Uh, yeah. Another. And, and five years later. And and okay. So then moved to Comox at that time. Did you continue buying in Grand Prairie all along, the whole time? Yeah. Yeah. So. 
like you mentioned, I mean, 2010 wasn't, you know, hopping by any means. It did start to pick up a little bit between uh, 2010 and 2015. Uh, then it's really started to slow down again in 2015 and 2016. So, you know, we, you know, we had planned for a couple of years to, to make the move. Um, unfortunately, you know, it was pretty tough time, you know, to, to make that move when we did, but just the way we had it all set up, it was, you know, either now or never, um, uh, maybe not never, but, uh, you know, it was still going to happen. So, so we moved and I was even like on the road, uh, and, uh, we just, you know, my obligation to my partners and to my business, you know, you know, that was, you know, uh, it was there first and foremost. Uh, so ever since I've moved, I've kept my focus there uh, just to make sure, you know, that uh, the people that, you know, had relied on me and worked with me didn't feel, you know, the difference between me being in town and out of town. So I was really determined to just, you know, keep things moving along steady uh, and, you know, managing, you know, the the challenging times that were coming and that, you know, we were in. So, yeah, I've kept my focus there. And, and because of that, yeah, I've managed to. Uh, pick up a few more properties. Uh, I kind of started laughing a second ago just because, yeah, we were driving down and there was this this construction company that had a little eight unit apartment that was trying to offload it and uh, it was for sale. And the realtor, I'm like, I'm, I'm moving. I'm, I don't have time for this. You know, I'm on the go. And then he just kept coming back. Come on, come on. And uh, so I ended up, you know, putting an offer in while I was driving, you know, my family across the, the provinces there. And, uh, and we ended up buying that property too. got a really good deal, of course. And, uh, and yeah, it's been, it's been a neat investment with its whole, uh, you know, story and partners and, yeah. uh, you know, refinancing and stuff like that. But yeah, so I have continued to grow out there. Um, you know, properties, uh, have, stayed relatively uh affordable i guess you could say and even uh, during the slower times you know there's still always been enough uh work to to keep them full and, and and tenants so yeah we've continued uh and yeah just kind of uh operating and, and maintaining that portfolio uh in grand prairie uh, we are really focusing on a, a neat opportunity. You can talk about it whenever you want, but uh, that uh, that's going to be my transition out of Grand Prairie to be a little bit more uh, geographically uh, diverse uh, in my investments. Uh, but yeah, we're going to take that model and uh, we're going to do it there where we know, uh, you know, that we can succeed. And, you know, what we, uh, the, the lay of the land is, you know, our, our, uh, our, our, you know, our success we've already had basically. So yeah. I'm going to tackle that first project there and then uh, do some developments uh, of a similar situation in, in other areas uh, in Alberta, BC, and, and then likely Saskatchewan uh, in the next 10 years. So, Wow. Holy moly. Uh, so I, you're, you're chomping at the bit to start talking about your next project. <laughs> and I, I'm, we're not going to go there yet because I'm not, you are. <laughs> I, I am definitely going to go there because it's exciting. And I, I'm, I'm, I always, I love seeing good people win. And that's one of my things that I get up in the morning is I love seeing good people do good things. And that's one of the reasons why we're having this conversation, but to tie the kind of the story together, Aaron, um, how many units are, if you don't mind me asking, what kind of uh, what kind of portfolio are you working on and have right now at the moment? Um, yeah, we've built it up to 120 units uh, in Grand Prairie, and we've got, I think, probably around 50 of that is is, is houses, and then the other uh, the other chunk is uh, uh, condos and apartment units, like uh, one, two, three bedrooms. Uh, 
we have a handful of bachelor suites, I guess, at one property as well. Uh, but yeah, 120 units. And then I always uh, I like to count the bedrooms because they're all furnished. They all have a nice uh, queen or double in there with some uh, good quality linens. And uh, we uh, try to keep those all full on a regular basis. So there's around 348 bedrooms as well included in that uh, 120 unit furnished portfolio. Look at, look at you, the entrepreneur accountant, 348 revenue generating rooms, right? It's like, <laughs> it's by the room, it's not by the house. Like so, so first of all, here's what I love about most Canadians, and I love having these conversations. Ask the question, so Aaron, how many units are you at? What's your portfolio? Aaron's, oh, 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 hum. you know, 120, 340 units. We're looking at another 101 thing and we're looking to scale. It's just like, it's just like so nonchalant. It's like if this was an American or something, we'd be, you'd be shouting from the mountaintop, look at me, 10x, 10x, you know, and all this kind of stuff. So, so congratulations, brother. That's fantastic. I'm very proud of you, my friend. Yeah, well, uh, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, you've you've inspired me along the way. Uh, you know, among many, but uh, yeah, I've uh, taken what I've learned and uh, you know heard from yourself, uh, and it's uh, yeah, it's worked. You know, I just uh, yeah. just uh, you know kind of one at a time. But yeah, it's yeah. Uh, there's you know there's there's a handful, two, three handfuls of people you know behind that as well who have uh, you know trusted me to take their savings and, uh, and make it grow and, uh, you know, back it by real estate. So, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for them and, uh, yep. you know, the people, like I said, that have inspired me and, uh, given me the education to, uh, to move forward confidently. But, awesome. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So I have multiple directions. I want to go over this conversation and I would not be doing my job if I didn't, uh, unpack each and every one of them, because you open the door to a whole bunch of things. You open the door to why is a guy living on Vancouver Island investing in Alberta? That's number one. You open the door to, um, some development opportunities and the things that you're growing. You open the door to, um, furnished units and suites and things like that. You also open the door that I want to unpack, um, about how does a guy, how does a person make a full-time income being a full-time real estate investor? So those are kind of, is that cool if we go down those paths, my friend? Sure. Okay. Yeah, sure. So I'm kind of writing the agenda as we speak here. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Um, Alberta, why, why, now I know you live there and I know you grew up there and you're familiar there and you have your team there, but what is, now you live on Vancouver Island and, you know, arguably there could be some fantastic opportunities on Vancouver Island. Why are you choosing to take your capital and your partner's capital to Alberta right now? And Grand Prairie specifically? Well, I mean, if I hadn't lived in Grand Prairie, I don't know if I, you know, would many people feel the same, you know, if they if they don't understand that area, um, you know, they think it's just off the beaten trail and it's, you know, not a, a large uh, city. So why would you go there? But uh, just, yeah, from my experience and knowing what's going on there, you know, there's definitely a lot of industry. There's, uh, you know, it's the hub center and it is uh, basically like a little mini Edmonton. So it's, um, you know, got it's got a future uh, and I can see and I know of all the infrastructure and just watched it grow um, despite, you know, the the slower times in Alberta, the orange crush as you call it, but uh, the uh, there's there's some huge opportunity there. Yeah. Um, well, let's, and, let's and then, hope let's hope the orange crush doesn't resurface in a few more <laughs> weeks here as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Sorry, we don't yeah, mean to make, get political make, here for make a second. Things <laughs> a lot different for sure, but 
there's, I, I guess I can look back now and I can see, you know, despite all of that, you know, just to staying the course. So in Alberta, the main reason is because they cash flow. Yep. Um, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, it, it, it would be nice to have that crystal ball and be able to hit the appreciation, uh, you know, timing uh, nail on the head, but you know, that, that never lasts forever. And it's not uh, really sustainable if you're trying to, you know, finance things yourself and uh, continue to grow. So the the simple side of real estate investing, paying down the mortgage every month, you know, by providing somebody with a nice place, taking care of all the other bills, maintaining the property, you know, that's the that's the main thing that got me going was that that, you know, mortgage pay down, you know, it's not get rich quick, but it's get rich for sure. Yep. If you just stay the course. And then of course it's easier to 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 stay long term, you know, and, and hold if you're cash flowing. Yep. Um you know, uh, rich dad style, you know, the assets put money in your pocket and the liabilities take money out. So that was it. You know, I mean, I, I would have loved to have had something of the same size or anything, you know, more, I guess, than my personal residence here in BC over the last, you know, number of years, uh, you know, everything skyrocketed, but I'd probably be looking to just sell it all, um, you know, at this point, you know, as it cools off, because it would be challenging to sit there and, you know, subsidize these properties. So there are opportunities and you can, you know, do, you know, strategies to to make things cash flow here, but it's definitely a lot more challenging. It's a lot more work and uh, yep. there's there's way, way fewer opportunities that do. So cash flow simply, the properties out there are still, you know, reasonably priced and uh, the rents are... Uh, more than enough to cover uh, yeah. all of your expenses, whether that's you know furnished or unfurnished. Well, and uh, well, of course, the furnished rentals uh, kick off a little bit more cash yep. flow. They require a little bit more work, but because we do that in house, we can uh, do it efficiently and uh, still make it worth you know all the extra work uh, and uh, provide a little more income for our partners, yep. a little more for us, and uh, you know money for maintenance and things like that. You know, it's not uh, we're not just scraping by all the time. So got it. No, and and we'll definitely we'll unpack that, my friend. Um, but I do I do want to know, you know, when you have when you have somebody that has insider boots on the ground knowledge, even though your boots aren't there, your entire team's there. What's what's your best pitch to somebody? Why Grand Prairie? Like like what are some things that you may know that other people might know? Why Grand Prairie versus versus um, Langford or? Courtney or I mean not Courtney, um Cornwall, Ontario, or Regina, Saskatchewan. Why why Grand Prairie? Okay. Well, um, it's a very young town for one. So there's uh definitely some growth in the future there. I think the average age jumped up to 31.3, uh, or it might be 33 now from 31, but uh very young town. Uh the entire infrastructure across the board has been updated so they've got updated water treatment plants they've got all updated schools elementaries high schools uh, middle schools they've uh, done all of the um, downtown revitalization the sewers are all updated roads continuously need to be done every year because of the weather but um, there's uh, the the hospitals completed and running now which was like a 10-year project it was the largest government funded project in canada when it started, uh, they've got the largest single story Canadian tire in Canada. They've got the largest privately owned Ford dealership in Canada. I think they used to have, if they don't still, one of three Rolex stores in Canada. There's, uh, I think, majority of the franchises in Grand Prairie are the top performing franchises uh, in Canada. So you can look that up and, and, and 
verify if you want, but like I'm talking like the the McDonald's and the Subways and the Tim Hortons and stuff like that. It, uh, what else can I tell you? It sits just uh, north, like literally like half an hour uh, of like the third largest uh, gas reserve in the world. Uh, so the Montney and the Duvernay there are just south of town. And uh, I pretty certain that's where all the gas is coming from. Uh, that's going up to the LNG plants that are going to be, uh, per, you know, hopefully selling uh, some of our clean Canadian oil and gas to, to the rest of the world there uh, as they build those up north. Yep. Um, go ahead, far- sir. There's there there is farming all around it. I think mostly canola, but uh, I'm sure there's a few other things that I'm not aware of. There's um, a very successful, and I say successful because it's been bought a few times, expanded many times. Uh, uh, pulp mill. Uh, there's a sawmill. Uh, Canfor still going strong. International paper is going strong, and then just south of town, there's uh, an OSB plant, which is uh, always expanding as well. So. You know, those, you know, which I see getting shut down all over, uh, you know, BC and things like that uh, are still going uh, in Grand Prairie quite well. So there's uh, another, I guess, dozen, you know, uh, projects. You can go right on the Grand Prairie website and they've actually got most of them listed and the uh, the value behind them. But there's billions and billions of dollars uh, going into that area um, in the next few years. And so there's going to be growth. All of that stuff, you know, is basically forcing growth upon that area, regardless of the political climate or, or anything else. And so uh, Grand Prairie uh, as that hub center. Uh, if you drive through there, you'll see all brand new uh, commercial retail uh, box stores. And, uh, yeah, they've got, you know, the, the Costco and the, the, the Superstore and the, uh, the Walmart. They're all, you know, <laughs> large and in charge. And, yeah, people come basically from Alaska all the way uh, halfway to Edmonton to get all their supplies, to get all their materials, to, you know, get the services and stuff that they need. And I believe the uh, college actually got university status now as well. So, you know, you can go there for education across the board. Wow. uh, It's a neat place. Well, (laughs) obviously, after that um, last bit there, gang, if you're interested in Grand Prairie, (laughs) this guy knows what he's talking about. And here's the point I'm trying to get to. When somebody asks you why your area, are you able to go on like a seven to 10 minute, here's the amazing things. And you haven't even scratched the surface, to be honest. And Aaron just knows it like the back of his hand. He can tell why people are coming, why people are spending money, the capital. And and you literally just described a thesis that I have about why Canada is because of food, fuel, fertilizer, forestry, freshwater, family-friendly values, and future tech seven the seven f's and up in that area you pretty well named almost everything and and the other thing is going on up there too is people are earning lots of money like people are earning money and spending money making the economy even go further and faster and housing prices are still reasonably priced and the rents are quite extremely uh, quite high to be honest compared to other markets in alberta yeah, yeah no, it's good. And you nothing know, to like boot, to, the rents are nothing like, sorry, Aaron, I mean, jump over there. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, and you know, the, you know, the city is, uh, is on board as well for growth. You know, they're, uh, they're not holding people back. You know, they're, they're definitely, uh, you know, they want to see the city grow, uh, you know, and they're, they're planning, you know, new traffic patterns and uh, getting ready for, you know, the upcoming uh, in migration, basically that's, yep. that's going to be uh 
flooding the area. And uh, yeah, I think they're doing a good job at, uh, you know, helping uh, everybody that wants to invest there, you know, come on board and, and making sure that, you know, it's all working well together. You know, the, the growth is, uh, you know, smooth and, uh, you know, the, the local, local folks will, uh, you know, see the benefit as well. And, and everyone will kind of, you know, grow together. Yep. And just managing growth and, and, you know, I'm, I'm quite familiar with Grand Prairie being, I, I was part of, I didn't buy there. I boxy bought up in Peace River, which is another story that I don't know why any of that good stuff is going into Grand Prairie. Can't just go a little further north up to Peace River, but I digress. However, Grand Prairie uh, has extreme boom and busts as well, like like ex- like to the extreme of like when it when it goes like goes crazy, and then when it when it, when it stops, it absolutely the floor falls out in many respects. Now I don't invest there. You can probably, if I'm wrong, please correct me on that. But the key thing is that you have good margin on your properties that you own that you can weather the ups and the downs. And when the good times are really good, you bank money. When the when it's not as good, you potentially invest money and keep it going. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, yeah, I think that uh, yeah, hundred percent. I think that's you know fairly similar in, in just about any market, but uh, the highs and lows uh, are definitely uh, you know a little bit more uh, steep and shallow uh, in, in in that area. I yeah don't have a crystal ball still, but I do feel uh, you know we're probably going to see you know one more of those uh, you know steep inclines, small town spikes, and uh, as as people come in uh, on this next round, uh, I don't think that you know the the lows are going to be as uh, as shallow as they have in the past. I think you know it's actually going to you know just kind of jump up and then it'll percolate and just uh, you know become a little bit more established, yep. you know, as that uh, that city that that hub. And it'll 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 stretch you know somewhere between seventy thousand and a hundred thousand on the next. Uh, the next uh, expansion period and yeah, we'll see, but I think that's going to kind of level out a little bit more uh, and be a bit more stable just as, you know, people start to actually, you know, recognize Grand Prairie as a place on the map and, you know, a place to raise a family and to, to just stay permanently. uh, So yeah, I'm I'm forecasting, and and I could be wrong. And my like I said, you mentioned about the crystal ball. Yes, the crystal ball is very broken and very foggy. However, I can you can start seeing some things, and you can start seeing waves form in in the in the out in the ocean. You can start seeing some waves form. I think there. I think, mm-hmm. in my personal opinion, there's a seven to ten year run in the Alberta marketplace to get in now and get on the forefront of that wave and ride it. Um, 10 years from now, the opportunities won't be as many. Don't get me wrong. It's not going to come down and the lows won't be as low, but you won't get as good opportunities as you're finding right now. And that's my personal belief. And that's why I'm, I'm doubling down on a lot of stuff that I'm looking at and buying and developing and building and stuff like that. So would you, would you agree with that? Or is that something that you wouldn't, don't, don't see? Yeah, yeah, just uh yeah, knowing what I know about the real estate cycle, it's uh definitely yeah, there's there's going to be uh something between now and uh I think 2030 is kind of my uh you know, internal clock that's going to be like okay, you know, things are probably going to slow down after that point, you know, uh and we'll just decide, you know, whether we're going to sell anything or if we're going to continue to to hold, you know, the last yeah, 10 years have been uh, you know, really since even 2008. I mean, we had some small recoveries, but then, you know, we've had some, 
some dips and uh, hasn't really gone anywhere, you know, on the on, on the housing side since uh, since then. So I feel like, yeah, the next 10 years is definitely going to make up for that. Uh, but we'll be in better waters and, uh, yeah, I'll be there for sure. I've already, Attaboy. you know, kind of stayed the course and, and grown through the, <laughs> the slower times. So yeah. we'll, we'll be able to handle it. But I guess, you know, we'll be strategic, you know, as, as, as best we can and, you know, try to... Uh, um, yeah, yeah, be in an even better defensive position, you know, uh, you know, for that next one. But yep. if you're if if your main strategy, you know, uh, is is to to hold and, and simply pay down that debt, uh, you know, and 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 share that with others, then yeah, you got you got to you got to expect the ups and the downs. I hear you. Well, right. that's couldn't, great. Couldn't set it better myself. Now, so you're just, and I'm going to use a surfing analogy here. You've got the board in the water. You're now pointing the board towards where you want to get going, and you're starting to see some waves starting to form, right? And you're sitting there, and you're preparing yourself, and you're preparing. All of a sudden, the waves are coming. So now you've got to start paddling like crazy. Well, we're paddling like crazy. Is that what the phase you believe you're in? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but uh, we've been we've been paddling for uh, you know quite a few years. So right now we uh, we know when to to you know start and uh, you know <laughs> not waste too much uh, energy. We can we can do it a little bit more efficiently. So yeah, uh, yeah, we're definitely paddling towards riding a big wave here uh, coming up. Uh, that's uh, building on uh, you know all that training and all that uh, that uh, practice that we've uh, we've had previously. Yep. So. Okay, well, let's 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 pivot in. I got a couple conversations I want to pivot into, but the main reason why we are having this conversation was number one is you. I saw this wonderful post that you put on uh, social media on Facebook talking about a project that you're looking to do, and uh, what is it, a hundred one furnished units, multifamily property, and clicked on the link, and it was this wonderful. Like, first of all, good, nice job, brother. This is like some high quality looking materials, and it looks fantastic and stuff like that making some pretty big bold promises which is which is good good for you as well on that so um let's talk about uh what are you up to what are you what are you doing in uh, your your latest project right now let's 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 unpack that for me what's going on up in grand prairie on your latest project yeah thanks um so we're taking uh kind of what we've been doing uh you know this this furnished rental we do short medium and long term uh rentals, uh, but we basically provide uh, people that are traveling through Grand Prairie or, you know, working on uh, seasonal contracts or anything. Yeah, they, they could be there, you know, but just not not quite permanent. Yeah, a lot of people are between homes, you know, for insurance claims. Other people are coming up to work uh, before they move their family there. So they want to, you know, check out a you know, just stay in a place uh, temporarily until they decide what area, you know, they want to be for, uh, you know, with schools and uh, or, or work. And so, yeah, we provide this fully furnished, all included uh, rental. Uh, we've been kind of rocking that since 2010. And, uh, you know, prior to Airbnb and all that sort of stuff, we've, uh, yeah, really just kind of got it dialed in, you know, we can do it uh, and and offer the service and do the management in house. So we're not, uh, you know, gobbling up all the profits um, with the extra work that's needed and the additional turnover throughout the year. But there's lots of reasons why I love the furnished rentals. Uh, but yeah, we're going to take that and uh, provide uh, places for people to stay, you know, give them a little bit more uh, uh, comfortable stay, more amenities uh, and save them some money on their hotel costs. Yep. Uh, so, you know, as all these other big projects start to go, there'll be a need for uh, a lot more rental housing. And, um, yeah, we're going to just cater to the same, you know, clientele, uh, 
you know, the professionals and stuff that are there, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, just transitioning or, or temporary or short-term uh, or long-term. And uh, we're building an apartment building um, that's, you know, set up purpose-built for that. So it's a combination of one and two bedrooms. Uh, however, because construction costs and, um, you know, there's, there's challenges, you know, even in, uh, in Grand Prairie, when it comes to making a profit, you know, as you're as you're doing new construction, uh, these ones are a little more efficient. The units uh, are a bit smaller. I, I made sure that all the bedrooms, you know, were a nice size so we could be comfortable. But it'd be more comparable to like if you went to a a ski resort or something and you stayed in a nice one or a two bedroom. You've got you know a kitchen, you know, you got a living room balcony uh, we've got dishwashers washers and dryers everything that you need uh, but that space there's a little bit more efficient and then you've got your one and two bedrooms and so we can make a little bit more on the construction side you know the cost per unit is uh, less and yeah then i mean i'm i'm the guy who's going to make sure uh, you know they're managed well you know we just have you know good quality tenants coming in there you know getting good value and uh, you know, keeping everything clean and quiet. Uh, so I've put together, you know, what I like to say, you know, an overqualified uh, development team. You know, when it comes to the construction side, uh, and then myself and my partners will be in there, uh, you know, managing after it's 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 completed. So um, yeah, yeah, I could talk a lot about you well, know that let's, development let's, team, but let's the, let's the let's structure let's structure <laughs> let's structure the conversation here, my brother. And sorry, there's a little bit of a lag and a delay here, so don't mean to jump over you here for a second because you unpacked an awful lot again, my brother. So so hang on a sec. You're you're, you're obviously bringing the fire, my friend. Bringing the fire and always it's getting hot in here. Woo wee. Okay, so. You're 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 building a hundred and one unit uh, apartment building in essence a purpose built apartment building. Okay, so did you acquire the land? Like, did you acquire the dirt or like walk us like take us a couple steps back in the process of right from maybe from the dirt to the development to the construction, and then we are going to definitely talk a lot about the management side of things after because I have the, I have an interest and one of the reasons why I like these conversations is. I have an interest in doing some furnished suites myself and doing some short term and medium terms in Edmonton with some of the purpose built properties I'm doing. And I just want to get a little bit more insight. I want to get insight into how much time it takes, the systems you need, the resources, all those kind of things. And I, I always believe go to the experts. So here's a guy who's been doing this for 13 plus years and he's doing hundreds of these suckers, 350 to be exact. And uh, Aaron knows what he's talking about. Okay, so. There is a question there. The question is, walk us through the story of, do you own the land? Did you buy the land? Are you building it? And just take make, take us take us from there. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so the land uh, was originally under contract, and then we designed uh, the building and acquired the development permit that was approved uh, for this. Uh, we had a few more units originally. Uh, but, uh, yeah, after getting the feedback, uh, from the city, uh, we were basically, yeah, fit, fit 101, uh, units, uh, and, uh, our, yeah, our design and our layout and, uh, building was approved. So we're, yeah, we kind of got going. We had, uh, 
you know, some investors on board and we're ready to kind of move forward. And then we kind of got, I guess, a little bit sideswiped by the uh, increase in construction costs and then the lockdowns and the restrictions and stuff that happened through COVID. So through uh, the end of 2020 uh, to, I guess, the beginning of 2022, we we put it on hold. We, you know, we we couldn't uh, confidently, uh, you know, say, you know, that, you know, we were going to get this done, uh, you know, at this certain price and at this certain time. And uh, things were just a little bit uncertain and, and people were not feeling so confident. So we put it on hold, basically gave everybody their money back and just waited until the cost of materials and uh, things like that and some of the regulations and things you know things just basically started to kind of go back to normal and yep. and, and get a little bit more uh, certain so uh, then we 2022 come around and we uh, took a look at it and you thought okay you know what's going on in grand prairie you know is this uh, is this place really going to boom is this really going to you know take off are they going to need these you know opportunities and uh majority of uh you know the projects were still going and uh and growing and you know like i said the hospital completed that was a, a big move and uh, that you know was bringing a lot of people to town so uh we decided to revisit this and uh started putting it out there and raising capital again and so we had to reprice all of the the costs uh so the the, the development did go up and uh but the numbers still look good and we uh yeah uh, are basically at that point now we're uh, sitting on the land, we've got the development permit, and we are uh, soon to be uh, applying for the building permit. And yeah, behind the scenes, we've got uh, you know our our engineers and our uh, builders and our architects. Uh, they're all working right now, and uh, yeah, we're we're still raising capital, so we've got uh, opportunity for a few people to jump in. And uh, yeah, there's. Uh, you know, you you say the nineteen and a half percent. You know, is is it sounds like a you know too good to be true almost. You know, a lot of people think that those returns are uh, un, unreachable, uh, but I can look and, uh, and and I can show quite a few examples of us you know blowing that out of the water with our existing stuff. So I do feel that you know the numbers we've put in there are actually quite conservative. They are based on our previous. Uh, historicals and uh, this being newer, nicer, probably better timing and uh, in a great location, yep. uh, we, we should be able to um, actually outperform that quite easily. Um, but there's uh, there's a few other perks, I guess, and I guess add value opportunities that we haven't even put, you know, into those projections. So nice. Nice. Uh, we're, we're don't we're don't uh, don't those take me wrong with my comment about having a bold prediction. As a matter of fact, I think we all need to do that a little bit more. To be honest, that's <laughs> that was the point I was trying to get to. Is and and I have no doubt that you, um, just knowing the kind of operator you are, you probably under under promise over deliver in many respects. And that's I'm just in there. I'm going. I go. That's that's awesome for you. Do you mind if I? Did that? You know, I know, and I know you don't probably know exact numbers because, and I'm in this whole world of building and development. Honest to goodness, it's like day to, day by day it changes in many respects. But you have to know some probably some preliminary numbers, and I'm just trying to get to a bottom line of kind of um, how much would a project like this be 
costing at its all finished. Like I like to find out like this kind of what it finished, how you kind of financed it, the amount of capital you had to raise, what mortgages, that kind of stuff. Would you have a kind of a ballpark of land cost, build cost, total project cost? Would you have those kind of ballpark numbers? Yeah. Yeah. Land uh, is around 1.3, just under. The total project, including land, uh, we've got uh, projected at 18 million now. We've already had it appraised at about 19, but uh, you know, we're hoping that our builder, uh, there'll be some opportunity. We've we've rounded everything up, so he'll be coming in uh, hopefully under that 18 million. Yeah, the the financing, um, you know, uh, conventional basically would be uh, 75% loan to value. So break the financing into there's essentially there's two types of financing. Typically, there's kind of the 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 build development financing, and then there's the completion. F- hold financing maybe break the the development first up yeah that is basically yeah going to be through um one of the one of the banks uh that we're working with yeah that'll be typical construction uh financing with your draws and yeah we'll be putting 25 percent down on that so that, that'll be about four and a half million yep and um yeah interest rates uh, still to be determined uh on that uh but the, the takeout uh is, is looking pretty good. Uh, there's a couple different opportunities uh, that we're looking at for the takeout loan, and that would be either uh, a conventional again, uh, or there's some opportunities through uh, CMHC for insured mortgages. And uh, yeah, yeah, uh, those those there, you know, will either give the uh, investors uh, what we've put forward already on our projections, or uh, depending, I guess, if we go the route with CMHC. Uh, they they could essentially see their uh, their return uh, increase quite a bit uh, yeah. because of some of those terms, uh, lo- lo- better amortizations and uh, and interest rates and stuff like that. So no, it's, uh, there's could, some could very the cash flow. There's some very innovative stuff that's going on out there. It's it's probably one of the only product that's out there by CMHC is putting out there. It's actually helping people build homes at the same time. And that's what we're you're trying to do is you're trying to add inventory, try to help alleviate a housing challenge. So, okay. So let me just, lots of numbers and, and my sixth grade Saskatchewan education. Sometimes I have to take some time to, 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 to catch up here. Okay. So bought the, pro, the land for like 1.3 after all said and done total build cost will be about 1.18 million so if, if i'm doing my math correct that's like 16 million in change in construction costs is that ballpark numbers you're mm-hmm. looking to raise about 25% of that so you need about 4 and a half million give or take to then do yeah. the build and then when you refinance at the end you're hoping to get something like you know you're hoping to get some finance it at the va- after repair after value of 19 million mm-hmm. plus and then potentially you know if you can get in for the you know, a 50-year amortization, 5% down payment, stuff like that. You might be able to return all the capital and everybody might get a big fat check at the end too, eh? Yeah, so that's the the, the neat thing about uh, commercial or multifamily uh, and, and these development opportunities. And so that is our main focus is to return all of the investors' original capital within the first five years. And it will be returned um, one of two or three different ways uh, through the refinancing. So uh, just depending on, yeah, what we end up going with for the takeout, uh, then that will determine, you know, when, you know, in that five-year period, they get all of their original capital back. And we are 
I'm not sure if everybody does this or not, but uh, we're kind of following uh, a Kiyosaki model there, uh, and we're planning to let everybody retain their same ownership that they uh, bought, you know, when they first invested, even after they get all their money back. So you will continue for 10 to 20 years uh, or until we sell the property, enjoy growth and uh and some passive income, even once you've got all of your original money back. So uh, that's that's one of the biggest uh, benefits. But even on an annual basis, uh, you know, you'll see some growth. And the way we've got it structured now, you'll basically double your original investment and get it back in that first uh, five years. So, wow, that's Please. big, big, big and bold plan, my friend. Well done. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's awesome. I like I said, I, I I wish you all the well, all the best with that. And that sounds like a very, a very juicy program and very juicy um, build that you're doing. Well, we could talk honestly. Geez, go figure. I might have the conversation go down the, the the road of raising capital. Oh, I wonder who, who <laughs> I wonder why we would go that direction. But um, what are you doing? What are, where, what are some of the activities you're doing to raise the capital for this project? And how's it going so far? Yeah, well, it's going good. I've, uh, you know, raised uh, almost half of what we need, I guess. So uh, we're plugging away. I've, uh, majority of those people are folks that have already uh, partnered with me. Uh, there's a few that are new. Uh, we are uh, structured in this regard for accredited investors only. So, uh, you know, if we don't have previous uh, experience uh, working together, then uh, the, the investors on this deal do have to be accredited. But we, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're happy with the progress so far. And basically, uh, yeah, networking, doing a few, you know, uh, promotions and uh, just collaborating with people. And if they're, you know, in a position uh, and uh, got some, I guess, confidence in, in the Alberta market, then, uh, yeah, this is a really good fit. And we can... Uh, we can uh, come together and uh, help provide some more of those uh, uh, rental housing that, uh, you know, is needed. Uh, you know, they, they're just like most places. They got a, just such a huge need for uh, uh, more employees and more workers and, and they're bringing them in, but they also need places to put them. So yeah, yeah this will, this will help out. And yeah, my, uh, my efforts so far, yeah, have been, uh, yeah, really, I guess, mostly in my inner circles of, uh, you know, colleagues and friends and, you know, networking and stuff uh, to uh, just get the word out there. And yeah, yeah, as people come on board, we're happy to get them uh, signed up, obviously, and uh, get their money in trust with our lawyers. And it's basically backed by uh, the land uh, and, uh, you know, the project and, and and on we go. Nice, nice. So so really, you're, you're prescribed to deliver good returns for people over time and they will keep coming back for more projects and then people that get good returns on good projects will refer other people to come into good projects and and really do it's just really really just just being a good business operator being in the game for the long period of time and just you know doing this full time right and 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 I I would suffice to say as well as having a good property have a good opportunity is something that really helps the thing like and I'll, I'll be what i'm telling people right now is you know i've been investing in alberta for 20 some plus years and for many years the market was not being favorable and not helping us and when all of a sudden now <laughs> the department of natural resources has dumped a whole bunch more fish into the pond and the fish is getting really good again and it's actually being of benefit and helping us that the market is actually helping us to 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 raise some capital into projects and honestly goodness i have 
conversations every week with people that are interested in moving some capital out of BC, out of Ontario, into Alberta. And that's what I advise people to do as well. So, so really you're, and I'm not trying to answer the question because you answered it already, is really you're just trying to say is work with the people that you've worked with and then just organically grow it out. And, and lo and behold, over a period of time, four and a half million dollars will be raised. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I've tried, you know, uh, to give the locals in Grand Prairie and then, you know, local to Alberta kind of first right of refusal, uh, you know, so they can enjoy the benefit uh, from, from investing in their own backyard and, uh, and, you know, being, uh, you know, along the, the ride, you know, uh, for the last 10 years, you know, which might've been a little bit slower out there. Uh, but as we speak to people in other parts of the, the country, you know, who are, you know, uh, just kind of on the tail end of the appreciation party and, uh, you know, sitting on a bunch of uh, unused equity, then, you know, it only makes sense to, you know, uh, take some of that and invest it, you know, at the, at the bottom uh, of a cycle, you know, and, and ride the wave up. Yep. So yeah, we're, we're keeping it open. Uh, but yeah, definitely we're, we're focused, you know, there first and, and then, you know, kind of spreading it out and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be really exciting for sure. Yep. Uh, you know, we plan to, to tackle this one, you know, in Grand Prairie, like I said, where we know there's a need, we know we can operate and we know we can succeed. You know, we've we've actually done refinancing to repay investors uh, on other projects. And, uh, you know, we've done a ton of furnished and we've managed to stay the course. So we're just bringing all that together uh, and, and refining that, uh, that focus, you know, there. But as soon as, uh, you know, we finish, uh, we may do a second project in Grand Prairie. Uh, but we're planning to 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 go outside of uh, there and into Edmonton and Calgary and into BC and in the future and and like I said uh, Saskatchewan as well where there's you know areas that uh, you know just have that need and uh, when it comes to the furnished rentals what I found is you know uh, there's an underserviced need in just about every area it's just that you have to be able to change the the tenant profile or change the you know the client that you're 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 catering to um, you know down down here you know I think it would be more you know an older demographic and then the tourism side of things you know people come and they'll they'll stay on the island through the summer and, and you know they'll pay you know Hawaii rates and um, you know up in in Grand Prairie you could definitely you know ride the construction wave and when that slows down like there there is a really big need for for seniors housing as well um the the houses there the the apartments and stuff that they've put together the complexes are all oversubscribed uh and then you know there's student housing and you know just a variety so you know depending on what area you build uh, you know or you uh, invest in uh just yeah you know do your research but you know don't be stuck with you know the one uh, style or the one uh, you know tenant that you're you're trying to to fill and adjust accordingly. If uh, you know you're not getting the occupancy that you want, then yeah, you know we might do a couple floors for you know all inclusive uh, you know seniors. You know providing the uh, the shopping and the the laundry and the uh, the cleaning and stuff like that. And then we might you know do uh, another floor for uh, corporate. You know there's you know those folks that you know are there. Uh, couple days out of the week, but, you know, they'll book it for the whole month, you know, and take, you know, six months out of the year uh, to stay with you. And, uh, you know, you just got to kind of dial it up and down, you know, in the winter down here, we might be more, uh, you know, catering to the, uh, 
employees coming to stay at the ski hill. And then in the winter, you know, that sort of slows down in the summer. Again, it could be more tourism or it could be more just that, that shorter term stuff. And then, yeah, back to the winter, you could end up catering for um, the student housing. But yeah, it's wow. It's it's just a matter of, you know, being flexible and, you know, uh, not not sitting there, you know, too long. And I guess I kind of I learned that through, you know, the Grand Prairie up and down cycles. You know, you you, you got to you got to pivot, you know, yeah, the one who pivots, you know, faster, you know, will mitigate their their risk or their loss or, you know, and you just get back onto a more profitable, you know, better occupancy. Uh, and then if, you know, it turns again, you know, you can go back and you can change your strategy and maximize your returns, uh, you know, by, you know, capitalizing and charging premiums and stuff for, for different That's professionals. Well, and things. You, you, Most pivot, of the time, you, you pivot harder than Michael Jordan posting up going for a basketball, <laughs> my friend. Mini Mike. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, before, and I don't want to forget, and I do have another line of question, couple lines of questioning I do want to go down. But before we do, what's some contact information that if anybody would ever love to reach out to you, get a hold of you, maybe check out uh, a project or be part of a, the project that you have upcoming? What's the best way to get a hold of you, my friend? Honestly, uh, yeah, you can send me a text and we can call. Uh, just, yeah, straight up, uh, 250-218-9398 is my cell phone. Send that, say it again, nice and slow. Two five zero two one eight nine three nine eight. Perfect. My cell phone. But or, you're also you're or, also welcome to contact me through the website. We yep. we have a contact form there for this project, or uh, just contact me directly. And now yeah, my email is Aaron A A Ron at FreshCoastInvestments.ca. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Well, I wish you all the best on, on the project ahead. And and I look forward to, if, if you don't mind, I would love for you and I to set a time in the future and um, and do a follow-up on this when it's once it's done and maybe a couple next phase. One of the things I love doing with my podcast of late is doing kind of follow-ups over time. Like I've had some people where I, where people just got started and then there were a couple of years in and then there were, you know, a few more years in and, and the progress that people make is just spectacular. Or I follow up with a person's project or doing an infill and we, we talked about it at conceptual and then we'll tell the story at the end when it's done. And then just, because not a lot of people ever get the whole complete picture from the start right through to the end. And I think it's the journey that is most important and not just the result at the same time. So would you be open to having that conversation as well again? Yeah, no, I think that'd be great. Yeah. yeah we kind of touched a little bit on the, yeah. on, on the past and uh, yeah. then the current and yeah, no, that'd be good. I, I feel like I'm kind of you know, 13 years into a 40 year plan right now. So, um, <laughs> how yeah, old are you? Gonna... How old are you, Aaron, my friend? First of all, I'm 40, 40 at the moment. Wow. You look like you're just a baby still. It's yeah. like you <laughs> remind me of, uh, when I look at you, you remind me of, uh, have you ever watched Ted Lasso? Ted Lasso? No, no, there, there's, so. there's two characters on there, Roy Kent and, and, um, and, uh, the coach, the other coach of the other team, um, Nate. You, you're kind of a cross between the two of them. If you ever get a chance to check out the uh, Roy Kent, um, Brett Goldstein is his name. So you, you could be, you could up. be, you I'll could be twins. You, you've, def, you've definitely have not dropped as many bombs as Roy Kent has, by the way. So <laughs> for any of you Ted Lasso fans that are out there. Okay. Furnished suites. 
now I know this is an entire conversation in and of itself. And I did a, a, a present, uh, Derek Peaver and I did a, a, a little bit of a kind of a teaser and a tickler of it. It was, well, I, obviously you would know Derek. He's kind of the pioneer in this whole, whole realm as well. Yeah. Yeah. We've, uh, we've met a few times and spoken a few times and, uh, yeah, no, I love what he's doing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Good, yeah, good people. Been... Good people. Now. Okay. So, and I have conversations with a lot of people, like a lot of people want to get into this. They, they see the benefits. Everybody, a lot of people see the benefits of furnished units, right? You get higher revenues, you get better cash flows, stuff like that. But maybe not everybody talks about the whole picture. And I often tell mm -hmm. people is you, you better be prepared for a lot of time or systems and processes and third parties. And cause you, it, it's a very heavy systems process business to do this kind of stuff. Right. So if somebody came to you and, and imagine me coming to you and I'm sitting there going, Aaron, I'm interested in these furnished units. How would you coach me or counsel me or help me make a decision if it's for me? And what would be some of the first steps that I should take? Now, I know, big question, broad question, but try your best. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I ask, you know, where, uh, you know, and what type of property you're, you're looking to rent. You know, the, yeah, the size and the location, you know, is going to, yeah, just uh, either limit or maximize, you know, your your potential occupancy, which is what you want to, you know, really focus on, you know, furnished rentals are great, but, uh, it's, you gotta, you're, you're, you're letting go of the consistency. You're letting go of that one year, you know, tenant basically. So you're going to have definitely more turnover. So I'd ask that, you know, and make sure that it's, you know, good quality in a good area. And, uh, you got, you know, seems like you can just about rent, uh, you know, any size of place, but again, yeah, I've, I think the area would, would determine, you know, uh, your success on your occupancy. So okay. we'll chat about that. And then okay. Figure so, that out. so perfect. Now, uh, before we go to the next thing, um, where and what great, great two questions, um, where, how do I, where would I go to do some research if something makes sense on the where and what, like, where would I go to even determine if, if it's going to be a viable opportunity for me? Yeah. Um, well, Whatever that area's uh, main, um, you know, rental sites uh, for advertising are. So whether it's Kijiji or Craigslist or there's there's a few other ones. I mean, there's Facebook too, Airbnb as well. You can get a lot of stats. So uh, any one of those sites, you can go, you can look, and you can see what other uh, people are renting in that area and for what uh, rates. Uh, it's hard to tell exactly, uh, you know, if they're, you know, successful or not, you know, like their occupancy on that, but that'll get you a general, you know, kind of, okay, so, you know, here's a similar product and that's the prices that, you know, most people are advertising for. Okay. And then you can go uh, and basically put ghost ads on every single one of those, you know, get some pictures, uh, you know, if, if it's not your place, you know, something as similar as you can and just, just put some ads out there. So put them on Kijiji. If you have uh, an Airbnb account, you know, uh, put them on there. Just just make it so, you know, they can't actually book it uh, until you approve them sort of thing. And so you're not obviously booking something you don't have. But you can really, you can get a true feel for, um, you know, the demand. You know, so if you get a bunch of leads and people are like, yeah, I want to rent this right now, you know, for that price. And oh, hey, maybe you need to dial your price up a little more. Or, uh, you know, if you're happy with that, then... Uh, Go for it. And so I, I, I always like to, 
you know, if I, if I don't know from my own ads, you know, if I was going into another area, uh, then I would definitely, you know, I would check with others, uh, but look at the, uh, the, the listings that are out there right now, find out, you know, pricing and, you know, see what your competition is, you know, the quality and, uh, and then, uh, put, put a couple ghost ads, you know, don't be shy just, uh, put them out there. You know, you, you basically, you know, you, you're not going to prove everybody anyway. So you can just say, you know, thanks for your application, but I went with someone else. Yep. Uh, so really know, just so you know, do, do some, some top line research in the marketplace to see if it works. And, and, and I think you hit the, the nail on the head about finding if other people are doing it in that market, it's probably, they're probably not doing it for the, just for their health of, and just for the, you know, the, 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 the and giggles of it, you know, they're, they're doing it, they're doing it for, for, because it works. That's one of the reasons why I've been hesitant about looking into, I, I, I think it has an opportunity in Edmonton. I'm not sure yet, but I have not yet come across many people that are doing it really big and doing it for scale yet. I'm not sure if Edmonton is a, is a furnished rental market yet. I think it's coming, but I haven't really met too many people yet. Now, by all means, if you're listening to my podcast and you're making Edmonton work as a successful furnished rental person and stuff like that, please reach out to me. I want to talk to you, but I haven't, I haven't found that yet. And, and I could be yeah. wrong, though. So I, I would almost bet you are wrong. I bet you there are uh, yeah. people, and I bet you that just about, you know, I mean, just about anywhere. Yeah. I, I, if yeah, you'd, you'd be so, and I and I say that because of of Airbnb. Basically, anyone and everyone anywhere has you know something on Airbnb now, and there's people renting it. Yeah. So, well, I had a presentation from a, uh, I delivered to my inner circle with Kelly Fry. I don't, don't know if you know Kelly, but she was basically yeah. telling me all the places she was doing Airbnb and she has like 20 of them now. And, and I was shocked at the areas and, um, she was just crushing it with, with her Airbnb business. And I was shocked at the areas. I said, there's, there's no way that would be an Airbnb. But one of the <laughs> things she's targeting in some respects, she's targeting the Trans Mountain Pipeline. She's targeting places where people would work along the pipeline and buying properties and, and housing workers on the Trans Mountain Pipeline as well and wow. doing very well with that. So, so yeah, I, I, here's the thing is I, I'm, I'm 100% know I'm probably <laughs> wrong that there probably is somebody and I just haven't met them yet, yet. Yeah, so that's the best way, in my opinion, yep. to find that out, to determine whether you want to take a next step is to... Yep. Uh, to do that that research and then even like put up an ad put up put up some ads and then if you got bookings and it's pretty steady then yeah you know you should be good to go so uh, take uh, you know take those steps into those other areas and then you know from there I would uh, talk with those that you know um, yep. you know connect with more people you know in in the areas you know at the real estate clubs and at the uh, the BNIs and uh, you know, they, they might not all have a bunch of real estate investors in the BNIs, but um, realtors and stuff, you know, the, the realtors in the area, you can, you know, generally they have, you know, their, their finger on the pulse there yep. for, you know, sales and, and rentals and, you know, what, what works and what doesn't work. So Okay. Now, okay. So let's just say I've done my homework. I found some people. It makes sense. The, the diligence makes sense that it can work. How much time is involved in doing something like this? Is this something that one person can do 
part-time while having a full-time job or do you need to be full-time in the business or do you need to outsource? Do you need to hire? Like, uh, talk to me about the time. And that's one of the biggest criteria that most people will or will not do this or don't think about it. How much time is involved in this? I guess if you hire a good cleaner for the, like, if you're talking like Airbnb, very short term, you know, that's, you know, weekly or daily or whatever, um, you know, more, if, if you stick with more medium to long-term furnished rentals and just sign, you know, a regular tenancy agreement, um, do a move-in inspection, you know, treat it, treat it like a rental, but it's just a furnished rental, then, you know, that's really up to you. Uh, you know, you can, you can say, you know, I, I still just stick with six month, one year leases, you know, maybe a three month minimum, uh, maybe a one month minimum. So, I mean, it's, it's up to you. And again, you'll probably determine that based on, you know, how occupied you can keep it. But, um, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're thinking furnished and you're going to turn it over every month, you know, you're going to have to have, you know, a good cleaner unless that's you. Um, so Definitely, you know, uh, somebody working their full-time job could totally handle it, but just know that, you know, you're adding more to your week, to your month, um, you know, and are you okay with that? And I, I often talk to people, you know, that I'm encouraging to, to invest, uh, you know, either with me or on their own, you know, for those same benefits that, you know, I received, you know, early in the beginning, uh, you know, that, that, that financial freedom, that, you know, retirement, uh, you know, stress removed. And I just, uh, I, I kind of make sure, you know, like if you're going to get into this, yes, you know, like it is, you know, you're not, your goal might not be to quit your job. Like that's not the, you know, the ideal thing. You might have a, you know, a good job that you like, but, you know, even if you add these properties and they are for, you know, long-term benefit, there is going to be some, you know, time taken off your plate. And so if they have a young family or if they have, you know, even aging parents, you know, like commitments that, you know, they, you know, should, you know, keep as their main focus, then, you know, maybe, you know, figure out, you know, some type of strategies that aren't going to take as much time. But when it comes to the furnished rentals, um, you know, you typically have all of your utilities included. And so just simply that alone, you know, you're paying some additional bills through the month. So, you know, one property, you know, and you can, you know, calculate it. You can have most things automatically come out of your account, you know, and, and get things set up, you know, relatively uh, automated in the beginning. So it doesn't have to be a big burden. It's just, you know, in the beginning, there'll be obviously furnishing a little bit more money spent, um, setting up all those utilities and, uh, you know, communicating with a cleaner to to reset your unit and, and, and do laundry and stuff like that. Um, and okay, if you so, want to do, so one, ballpark it for me on a weekly basis. <laughs> how many hours ballpark? And it, and I'm not going to hold you to this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have two ballpark numbers I want from you. How many hours per week would it probably take somebody getting started and then maybe somebody who's efficient? And I also want to know kind of ballpark numbers for furnishing costs. Okay, I'll go in that order you finished. Uh, furnishing costs would probably be like somewhere between five to $10,000. That's, now that's, that's per on, uh, like a one or two bedroom apartment unit. That'd be from thing. like a, that'd be like from a two to a four bedroom, two to four bedroom apartment. Yeah. Okay. For, for, for a two bedroom, I know I could do it for $5,000 and um, yeah, up, up to, you know, four or five bedroom, you know, condo or townhouse or, or, or home. I would say, you know, uh, I'd be pushing, pushing $10,000 if you wanted to get really extra detailed, you know, just add a couple thousand dollars to that. Right. But, you know, for your basics, 
uh, a little bit of decor, you know, nice, nice new furniture, dressers, beds, uh, kitchen supplies, et cetera. That, uh, that's, that's kind of what I would just yeah, yep. keep it simply at either five to 10, or if you're going to go, uh, you know, have nice pictures on every wall and, you know, every little, uh, knickknack, you know, in the kitchen and, uh, you know, the, the, the higher end uh, bedding and stuff like that, then, you know, just add 2000 to that. So go, you know, seven to 12. Okay. thousand uh, dollars. And then when it comes to the setup, yeah, I mean, really a, a couple of days, you know, you, you could get, you know, if you sit there and, you know, compare every, you know, item and, you know, sale price and this and that, but if you just get at it, you know, and find a good, uh, reasonably priced uh, furniture store that has everything in stock, you know, you could, you could spend, you know, two to four days basically getting that place set up. Right. Uh, and. Okay. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's kind of on the setup side. Now, uh, do you also use kind of a service? Like when I talked to Derek, he, he essentially has this service. It's called, it calls it a condo in a box that they literally <laughs> will pack and do this and deliver it and put it on a pallet and deliver it to things. I would imagine if you're buying, furniture for like 101 units you can probably get that pretty optimized that flow i would imagine yeah yeah we uh yeah we do we have well and we switch a little bit when they you know start increase their prices and we need to be uh you know competitive but uh there's there's two stores in town and and they both actually have inventory and stock and and they do a lot of their own shipping and trucking and stuff like that so they have some really good pricing uh so i'm I'm really fortunate for that uh, but we just call them up and we just tell them uh, basically how many bedrooms, you know, and how many living rooms and, you know, yes, kitchen, <laughs> kitchen. So, you know, and they, they just basically, yeah, they'll put that all together and they'll deliver it. They'll set it up for us um, and take away all the garbage. So uh, we get, we get, yeah, our, you know, our beds and everything. And then the beds, you know, living rooms, uh, everything's basically set up, ready to go. And then we just deal with the, uh, the linens and uh, the kitchen supplies. And then that's just, yeah, one of my teammates there will uh, have a job put into our system and it's got the checklist for uh, all, all the items they need to get and uh, where to get them. And yeah, so they, you know, spend uh, a day going and uh, buying those things uh, from a couple different stores. And yeah, at the moment, it's all it's all still local. We've, we've looked at uh, a few hotel suppliers and stuff like that, but yeah, it's uh, we've managed to get everything uh that we need uh, locally and uh, we can do it, you know, in that um, it's a little quicker basically for us. So they'll go do that. And between them and the cleaners, they'll uh, make the beds real nice and fold the towels all fancy and we'll get, well, get it. Get it. We, I, think I, I focus on, yeah, doing it quickly. Uh, and, 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 and that does work. So I think um, I, I think I opened up a, a whole Pandora's box of a conversation that you and I can have. And I do want to be respectful of, of, of your time because I know how busy you are. Would let you me, let are, me answer your question about the... Yeah, please. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely the, do the that. Week. I do have two further questions. But I, before I the do, weekly. we go to that. I want to... Do you have a... An, are you open to having a further, deeper conversation around this? What we're just... This, this topic we've just started. Are you open to that? Oh, certainly. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah, perfect. No, okay, so uh, we'll talk about the time. I have great. a final question that I want, and then I want to leave you with, and then uh, we'll get on with our with our crazy busy days. Here's my friend. So, how much time commitment is it for this? Yeah, I if if this is for again a two to four bedroom situation and just one, you know, I, I would say once it's all set up and then it's uh, taken care of. Uh, you you could dial that into one one hour per week, and that you know, so say four hours per month, and that I'm talking about paying those bills, 
communicating with a cleaner and communicating with the uh, the tenants that uh, you know may be coming and going. So, uh, are there are there management company options that can do this kind of stuff too, like total third parties? You know, I do know of a couple uh, that. Yeah, that have uh, furnished rentals, yeah. and they've actually listed them on Airbnb uh, in Grand Prairie. Uh, I I know that they they don't like to, and and most of, most of them don't. And then there's the time that you know they you know have to charge you, uh, which which does start to add up. So uh, there's there's a couple. Yeah, you know, in the past I would have said no. Most of them just don't. Um, but I've noticed over the last few years, you know, they're they're keeping that uh, as an option for uh, some of their clients. So uh, my my experience is well, I, I've I've only ever done it in house. So I've uh, managed to you know dial it in so that our costs for management are somewhere between like one and three percent internally. Um, and I know that they would they would charge a minimum of of ten percent usually, but I think whenever there's a a conversation around furnished rentals, the management companies uh, typically go uh, to the fifteen percent. Uh, so it starts to get a little bit pricey. Yeah. Um, and again, you gotta keep those places occupied. But yeah, it uh, it sounds like you know these days there's more and more uh, that are offering, I guess, that service, you know. And, yeah, which is, and I've heard in some cases it can be extremely expensive, up to like almost on a resort type of thing. It's like 30% management costs and stuff like that. That's so, true, yeah. Yeah. So, so just as an FYI, and I... Okay, so first of all, um, thank you. I appreciate that. And it's it's not as big as I, th- I thought. Like, obviously, at, anything can be done. Anything will work if you work it, always. Right. Uh, and if you're committed to doing it, you can make it work 100 percent. And then the question just becomes, is, is it the best use of your time is, is the, the question there. And I would imagine you and your progression, you started with you probably were doing every du- task. And then all of a sudden now you hired a team and you built a team and you have an entire team. What size of operation do you have up in Grand Prairie right now of people, team, resources, outsourcers, stuff like that? Yeah, well, I, I have about six people that um, are, are full time. Let's see the. It's kind of gone back and forth over the years whether they were like uh, a paid employee versus uh, you know a subcontractor. Uh, right now, our cleaners are subcontractors. They're full time, and we we actually have a lot of uh, biweekly and weekly cleaning uh, with some of our houses. So uh, they're in there regularly. Uh, so they, we keep them quite busy with that and the move out cleans. Yeah, I had. Two property managers in the past, you know, who were full time kind of in the field, you know, uh, you know, marketing and selling and, uh, you know, taking care of our existing tenants. Uh, but I'm down to one person right now. So there's one person that handles that. And I've got two guys for maintenance. So I think between the two of them, you know, it's definitely uh, full time. Yeah. And you're and, and uh, you're able to do this from an entire province away and almost two plane rides to get up to where you're to where you need to do and so you're giving me hope aaron you're giving me hope that it can be done from a distance my friend so yeah yeah and i think that's good especially these days i mean we do have technology and yeah. uh, you know there is an opportunity uh, so as long as you, you've got somebody on the other end that you trust and that you know is competent you can uh, you can coordinate things and, and get it done from anywhere so you can essentially open up the door to invest anywhere uh, that makes sense you know and 
Yeah. So the the last person that I have is uh, you know a full time uh, in the office, you know, admin and bookkeeping. So nice. Uh, we take care of all that. There could be an entire conversation of just you and I can have about the operation of the business and where you where you generate because obviously you have to pay your bills and put food on the table and uh, and how many kids do you have now, Aaron? I have three sons. You have three boys, yeah. so you got to feed all yeah. three boys. They're they're probably hungry. <laughs> how old are the boys now? Uh, 13, 11, and eight. Oh, they're definitely very hungry boys, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're all, uh, rocking baseball season right now. Nice. And, uh, yeah, we'll be swimming soon. And we can definitely yeah. have lots of conversation <laughs> around the whole operations side of running that business. Where do you generate your capital from? How do you raise your capital? Where do you generate an income from? Honest to goodness. One of the things I, I love, and I'm also uh, not disappointed, but I have, uh, with these conversations, we, we go down and we have this wonderful conversation and honest to goodness, I want it to be for hours, five and a half hours, because we just open up so many, so many doors and there's so many different conversations that we can go down. But, but I always like to get a commitment that we can revisit a next conversation because when you got a guy, that has got 17 years of experience that's doing this full time. That's building an $18 million um, furnished rental business. Honest to goodness there, we've just, we just tickled the ice top of the iceberg here, my friend. And that's, a, I'm giving you a compliment there, my friend. <laughs> Cheers. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah we, we could sit here forever. Um, yeah. Well, and yeah, but I can uh, definitely, uh, you know, uh, revisit, you know, reschedule. We can give you an update uh, in the future, uh, you know, on, uh, on on the business, the operations, yeah. you know, things change constantly, uh, you know, in real estate. Uh, and so, yeah, no, happy to, to share, you know, how we've uh, continued to stay the course, but of course, update you on uh, our, our, our development project yeah. and, uh, and the future ones that are coming uh, and all the people that, uh, yeah, are, are benefiting and getting involved in those opportunities. Nice. Uh, nice. Yeah. Well, their horns too. I do have a final question I have, but before I do, I did pull up, uh, here, here's Roy Kent, by the way. And oh, yeah. uh, that's, that's Roy Kent. So can you see that? And, and, and he has actually a theme song. It's he's there. He's every, no, he's, he's here. He's there. He's every where Roy Kent. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I could grow a little more facial yeah, hair for yeah, the next yeah, one. Yeah, probably by about four that. o'clock this afternoon, you'll have that much facial hair, yeah. won't you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So final question <laughs> I want to leave off. So first of all, thank you, Aaron. And I'm, I'm just, um, I just wanted to offer you a little bit of gratitude and just a, a huge high five and a pat on the back at that you're, you're, you've been doing things the right way. You come from a place of giving you've, uh, have built an, an, an inspiring business and just slowly underneath the surface, that turtle in fifth gear, you've just slowly just crushed things and it's inspiring. It is very, very inspiring to watch from somebody from afar. Um, I'm a fan and I just wanted to just give you a big giant salute and thank you very much. You've, you've done an amazing job, my friend. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, yeah, well, uh, hopefully stay uh, connected like we do. And, uh, yeah, no, you've, uh, you've been a huge inspiration. Uh, and then part of that, uh, uh, ability for me to, you know, take action and, and move forward. So uh, thank you as well. Oh, you're, you're very welcome. Honored to serve. Now I'm not going to let you off the hook. I got one more big deep question for you. I know, I know if okay. many of uh, listeners will be probably knowing what the question I'm going to ask. So 
It's kind of, I, I call it the, you know, if somebody's the stuck, how to get unstuck question. So if, if somebody is sitting here and they're kind of watching this or they're listening to this interview and they're just fired, you know, they're getting fired up and, you know, they feel like bombs have been going off and flames have been happening. And when the flames happen and obviously bombs get dropped all at the same time. And somebody is sitting here and they're going, but I feel a little stuck. I'm just not sure what action steps I should take. What advice would you give that person if you were just having a coffee with them to help them take the next step forward for them? Well, determine what that next step is and then uh, eliminate all the other ones for the moment and just take the next one. (laughs) So... Yeah, if someone's stuck, yeah, get clarity on what they want to do. And then definitely uh, get clear on why they want to do that. Put the why in front of it. And then, yeah, just, just, yeah, right back to that. You know, you you could lay out, you know, the next five steps, but then just help them, you know, uh, work on that first one. Wow. Uh, that That's something I think I heard you say a long time ago was, you know, not to get all caught up in trying to do uh, too many things at once, you know, uh, just just one property at a time, just one property at a time. And yeah, that's that's been good for me. It's nice. just, uh, you know, I, I treated this, uh, you know, this journey in the beginning kind of like an apprenticeship. And so I was really diligent about taking one course and then putting it into action as best as I could for as long as I needed to until I felt, you know, I had really fully um, experienced and taken action on that one style of real estate investing for, for this, uh, you know, case um, before taking another course or before trying to do something else. So I had this and I either knew whether I liked it, I didn't, or it was running on autopilot and I could, you know, progress into something else. So, you know, my journey was one at a time, you know, doing single families, small multis, you know, and then I just, you know, I I did one at a time basically. And, and, you know, then I took a course, then I took this action for however long it needed. And then it was okay. Now I'll take another course. And so, yeah, really uh, focus, you know, and not, you know, getting that, that shiny object syndrome and jumping all over the place, you know, was a really, you know, key to me, uh, being able to just, yeah, build, build it up to where it is now. So wow. yeah, it's tough, you know, and, 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 you know, getting a coach, uh, you know, along the way has has helped, but, um, you know, if you can do that yourself, uh, and just, yeah, really just dial it down and don't try and do too much at once. Yep. Otherwise yep. Not, nothing gets done. Wow. Well, couldn't have said that better myself. So gang, it just, let's recap that. It's just like, know why you're doing something, get clarity around the next step. And most importantly, take one step at a time. Brilliant. You're absolutely, you're on fire, my friend. You're obviously on fire. So, so Aaron Belmore, once again, give me, give us that, um, give us your email address and your text number. If anyone ever wants to reach out to you, my friend. Sure. Yeah. It's uh, Aaron, A-A-R-O-N at freshcoastinvestments.ca. And my cell phone is 250-218-9398. 
Right call on. or uh, send me a message anytime. Right on, brother. Okay, gang, um, until the next one, always remember to live and, and inspire to make sure you encourage others on this wonderful journey that we're on. Okay, gang, bye for now, everybody. So, gang, what do you think? Wasn't that a cool conversation? You know, Aaron and I had a great chance to catch up and we had about an hour and a half on the old on the old airwaves here and we dove deep. I was just blown away. I was just so inspired and so impressed by what Aaron has accomplished. And it's amazing what can happen when you take some time and you really focus. I've um, got a quick, cool story for you. Is I was just chatting with one of my coaching clients this past week, and he set up um, some pretty lofty goals for himself this year. And he said that he wanted to double his portfolio. And we're not talking just, it wasn't a small portfolio too. It, it was a sizable portfolio already. And by all accounts, if you would sit there and somebody would have taken a look at it and they would go, geez, you know what? That's that's impressive. And he set a goal to double his portfolio and he's done it in under seven months. That is impressive. That is the power of potentially focus. That is the power of doing the work. That is the power of a relentless pursuit to getting it done. And that's also, I believe, part the power of having a good coach and mentor on your side. So if you are looking for some significant results in your business, and if I don't say so myself, you know, sometimes you have to toot your own horn because not everybody will do it. I'm a damn good coach. I really am. Um, and I help people get tremendous results. And not only the results that you're looking for, you become a better person in the process. That is just the best way I can describe it is you get the results, but at the same time, you elevate your game to the next level. So if you're really interested in taking your game up to the next level, getting the tremendous result that you're looking for, something deep down that you know you want to accomplish within this game. And if you want to do it by becoming a better person in the process, coaching might be for you. So if you're interested, by all means, wherever you're listening to this, or if you're watching it, or if you're on the YouTubes or all that kind of stuff, check out the show notes. There will be a link there. Um, you know, coaching is not for everybody. You have to be prepared to do the work. You have to be prepared to be pushed. You have to be prepared to be a little bit uncomfortable. You have to be prepared that if things get a little bit bumpy and a little rocky and you're just not sure what to do, you have to be prepared to lean in even harder and do the work. It's not for everybody. But if you want to find out if it's for you, hit that link in the show notes, book a consultation time, and I'd love to see if this is a fit for you and if it's a fit for both of us to work together on a one-on-one -on -one basis. I do have some capacity right now for a couple more people. So if you are interested, um, I am taking on a couple more people right now. So there are some openings. This is a perfect time to jump in and accomplish all your goals. Remember, in every interaction you have with another person, always leave them feeling inspired, encouraged, and always come from a place of love. Bye for now, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now.